Let's pray. Father God, we lift up to you this time. We thank you for it. The time itself is given to us by you. Lord, we lift it up to you as a sacrifice of praise. Thank you, Father, for giving us a a choice in the matter. That this is not required of you, but you desire it. And so, Lord, we give the time back to you as we worship you in these ways. Lord God, we thank you for your word given to us. We pray that your spirit would be alive and active in this place, for we know, just as your servant David said, that you are the living God, and you are indeed worthy of all the worship and praise we can give to you. And so we do that now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. In our passage today, the church grows. And it starts to change shape. Uh, A situation arises out of that. The apostles address that. And in addressing for it, they they care for the flock, upholding at the same time a, a priority in the ministry of the word and of prayer. Allowing at the same time the structure of the church to change so that growth, the the spread of the gospel, would continue. We had, in in California, we had this alala berry vine or bramble or whatever you want to call it in our backyard, and and I had started it from this little tiny cutting, and it was adorable. And you put it in the ground, and you wait for it to start growing. Eventually, a couple years later, it started growing. And I planted it, watered it, wanted it to grow, wanted it to produce fruit. And and eventually, when it started growing, an issue arose. It was growing along the ground. And and it was right where it could be mowed over by the long guys, or or you could trample on it, and it would just destroy it, wouldn't it? So I built a trellis to support that vine, to to hold it up off the ground, to, to help it grow healthy and strong. And then eventually another issue arose. As that vine was growing on that trellis, it started to bear fruit, and the birds started to come and eat it. So I had to alter my trellis a bit. I had to add to it and build on it and and make it work so that I could put this safety netting over the berries so that I could eat them instead of the birds. Uh, The trellis was important but it was really just there to help the vine to flourish, wasn't it? It was there to help the vine to thrive and to grow. The trellis could have been made out of virtually anything, metal, wood, whatever you could make a structure out of to to hold up that vine, but the vine itself would remain the same, wouldn't it? If you had to choose between the two, between the vine and the trellis, The vine and its fruit are what you really want, aren't they? Sorry, I'm not that tall. What if if one day you went outside and found that the trellis had deteriorated, it started breaking down and was going to damage the vine, it was going to fold over, the vine was going to get damaged if you didn't do something about it. Would you uproot the vine in order to fix a nice trellis? Or would you remove carefully that trellis from the vine, rebuild it, restructure it, and put it up so that the vine could continue growing? See, all trellises eventually break down and fall apart. But treated with care, the vine can last for generations. And the vine that God has given us 
is the church. He's given us this body, the gathering together of the believers around his word in worship, in prayer. That we might build one another up in Christ, becoming conformed to his image, helping one another on toward maturity in our faith and the living out of that faith in our lives, that making that faith that we talk about very real as we go out into the world. That we would be able to follow through on that mission to fill the gap, to share that gospel message in our Soil in our sphere of influence lives, just as we're called to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. What did Jesus tell them? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That's our call. That's what we're here. That's That's what we're about as we gather here together to encourage each other into that walk. And the early church discovered that as this vine grows, it runs into issues. And, and, you know, they say if you find a perfect church, don't go there, right? Because if you go there, you'll ruin it, right? (laughs) Those issues that come up in the church family need to be addressed if the vine is going to continue to grow and to be healthy. Sometimes... The vine needs the support of a good solid trellis. Those programs, the buildings, the the constitutions, the polity, all those things that help the church to prosper and to grow spiritually and physically. Sometimes the trellis needs to be altered. Sometimes that trellis needs to be changed before it does damage to the vine so that properly cared for the vine can continue to thrive let's go ahead and open our bibles up to acts chapter 6 acts chapter 6 we're going to start at verse 1 let's go ahead and stand up for the reading of god's word Acts chapter 6, verse 1 says, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. What they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, Timon? Timon and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. The reading of God's word. Thank you very much. Go ahead and have a seat. 
a situation rose up in the church. It was a complaint. What was it that that brought them to this point? What was it that brought them here? The church was changing. From the very beginning of Acts, we can see the church is changing. It was growing in numbers. It was growing in diversity. It was outgrowing the structures, the trellis that was in place from the beginning of the church. Look with me at Acts chapter 1, verse 15. Acts 1.15 says, In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120. There's about 120 people in the church at its very beginning. Chapter 2, verse 41. It says, So those who received his word were baptized... And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 more came to know the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Chapter 4, verse 4. But many of those who had heard the word believed... And the number of men came to about 5,000. Chapter 5, verse 14. Do you see the growth? Do you see the change happening in the church? And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. More than ever. At one point, there were 5,000 added, right? More than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of men and women. That brings us to chapter 6, verse 1. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose. The church was blossoming. It was growing. It was was changing. It was getting huge. And, And the entire time, what was the size of their pastoral staff? Twelve, right? There were twelve apostles leading this church. And if we only count the known numbers, if we only count the 120 and the 3,000 and the 5,000, that's not including the increasing in number day by day and the multitudes and the more than ever. If we only count the numbers that we saw, that's a congregation to elder ratio of 677 to 1. Good luck, elders. It's, it's growing by by leaps and bounds. And not only was there numeric growth, not only was there physical growth, but there was a growth in cultural diversity, wasn't there? The church was becoming more and more a variety of people, people who looked at different things from different cultural perspectives. In chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, we see that the original body of the church, those 120, were already a mixed bag of people, as we discussed some time ago. There were men, there were women, there were old, there were young, there were carpenters, fishermen, a tax collector, and an ex-prostitute, at least among all those 120. Then in chapter 2, verse 5, it's the day of Pentecost. The word goes out into the town And there are people from every nation, every known nation on earth, speaking a variety of dialects. 
to the point that they were shocked. How do these people know how to speak in my tongue? I'm from this podunk part of Asia way over here. How do they know that? People from everywhere came to know the Lord. They were added to that mix, already reflecting the church as God had ordained it to be, consisting of people from every nation, tribe, and tongue, all the way to the end of the earth. The hard part is that no two cultures do things alike, do they? No two people do things alike. And throw a little human sinfulness into the mix, and we come back to chapter 6, verse 1. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution you have Hellenists on one hand and Hebrews on the other. Both were Jewish. The Hellenists were those Greek-speaking Jews who had grown up in various Greek-speaking cultures because of the diaspora, that removal of the Jews from Israel as they were taken out of their nation and, and cast into the other nations of the earth by whoever owned them in the moment. The Hebrews were, were Jewish Jews. They spoke Hebrew, more likely Aramaic. They were proper Jews, a little more Jewish than those other guys, right? Between the size of this mega church and the diversity in its membership, something was bound to happen. And who was going to deal with it when it happened? There were 12 apostles. The whole thing was run by them at this point. What were their responsibilities? We, as we looked through up to chapter 6, we saw them teaching. We saw them preaching, evangelizing. They had a healing ministry. They were taking care of the treasury as people would sell things and bring the money and lay it at the apostles' feet. They took care of all of these things. Everything fell on these 12 apostles, ratio of at least 677 to 1. They could have been doing something every minute of every day and still not gotten something done for everybody. And the church was still growing in these days when the disciples were increasing in number. Churches change all the time, don't they? As, as new people come in, as people for differing reasons, they move on in life. The face of the church begins to change as new generations grow up and they grow into adulthood and they want to be seen and validate as the, validated as the adults that they actually are. They aren't babies anymore. They aren't children anymore. They aren't the youth group anymore. As, as the culture around the church and within the church shifts, the church goes through change. And as these things happen, we need to be able to react as the apostles do in this passage before us. Caring for the people in the body. They keep the vine intact while allowing the trellis to be altered. Caring for the people in the body they, they uphold that vine. They keep the vine intact while allowing the trellis 
to be altered because when change comes into the church, issues will arise in the body. And issues, whatever they are, can either serve to build us up and draw us closer to each other or break us down. The issue of the inequity of food distribution in that ministry in the church, it threatened the church on multiple levels. First of all, it threatened the unity of the body. There were the Hellenists versus the Hebrews. They saw the inequity and they said, hey, that group over there, they're not doing right by us. There were the hymns versus the contemporary. Oops, did I say that out loud? You know, I heard, and let me get serious with you for a moment, I heard that there are those who will not come to a combined service. They won't come to a combined service because I don't like those hymns. Or others who say, I don't like that contemporary stuff. And I pray that that is an absolutely vicious rumor and it is not true and it will not hold water in this body here at Alden Union. It doesn't belong here. Whoever versus whatever. We should grow in diversity. We should change as a church. But division has no place in this body. We gather together to worship God together as a family in Christ. This issue threatened the spiritual focus. It got their attention onto other things and off of God, off of God's word, off of the ministry of prayer. And and because if the apostles were to deal with this personally... It would mean taking time away from their ability to study, to preach, to teach, and to encourage the body with the word of God and with prayer. This issue threatened the physical growth of the body. Did you see the parenthesis around this passage? Verse 1 says, Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose. It's like a hold your breath moment, right? And then we see how they deal with it. And then what happens in verse 7? And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. <sighs> you can let your breath out now, right? See that parenthesis around the passage? It's like people were looking in and saying, let's see what happens here. How will they deal with it? And then they dealt with it properly, and the church continued to grow. The church continued to prosper. So the first thing that happens here is the apostles care for the body. Searching the issue out, they find it to be true. Verse 1, did you notice that it states very affirmatively, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows might could have been neglected. No. It says a complaint arose by the Hellenists against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected. It was searched out and it was found to be true. It held water. Hearing a complaint, the the apostles discovered it to be valid, so they took steps to resolve the issue. They cared for the people in order to be sure that there was equity in the membership. They didn't take a side. They didn't take the side of the Hellenists or the side of the Hebrews. They took down a problem. Leaders of Alden Union, 
how are we at caring for the body that God has given to us? How do we react when issues, complaints, discrepancies are brought to us? Do we see the the people or just the issue? Is it, I don't have time to deal with this? Or, or, well, this is how we've always done it, and so you're just going to have to live with it. Or maybe if I ignore this long enough, they'll just go away. Are we prepared to search for the truth in the complaint for the sake of the people whom God has given us to look after so that they or we or perhaps all of us can grow together in Christ because of it? Are the problems just problems or are they opportunities for growth? Do we see the people behind the problems? See, nobody has time for problems, do they? But do we have time for people? No one should be dismissed or let go of easily in this body. With, with an I guess that's your problem kind of an attitude. As we care for the body, do we maintain the vine? In caring for the body, the apostles prioritized the ministry of prayer and the word. Do we hold as first and foremost the spiritual growth of the body through the ministry of prayer and the word? Verse 2, it says, And the twelve summoned the full number of disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. And verse 4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They held this as of primary importance. Whatever's going on, whatever programs, whatever ministries, whatever uh, subcategories of is going on in the church, whatever structures are going on in the church, the most important thing we hold to, the most important thing we can preserve is the ministry of the word and prayer. Or do we allow programs and polity to dictate where the leader of the leader of this church spends their time? Are our elders so overwhelmed with programmatic work and committee meetings that there's no time for shepherding? No time for praying with their sheep. No time to prepare to study, to teach from the power of God's word. And I'm not just talking about myself. Thank you for allowing me that time to study and prepare to preach, for helping that to be a primary ministry of this church for me. Is it that way for all of our elders? Do we allow that for all of our elders to dig into those ministries so that they can give it to the people in their shepherding Is the leadership of Alden Union committed to finding ways to grow personally in our knowledge and ability to utilize the word of God? We are trying to work through this. Thank you to the Body Life Committee for your work on shepherding, for pushing us in that direction. 
And there has been a a stronger commitment from the elders. We are trying to resolve this. We want to shepherd the body. Pray for them. Encourage them. Talk to them. Share with them. Life on life with them. We need to see spiritual growth, unity, and the maturity of the believers here at Alden Union as a priority. Let me remind our elders now to continue in your shepherding ministries. Don't let it become a passing fancy or something that we let slide by the wayside because it is the hard stuff of ministry, isn't it? Life on life with real people where issues arise. Let me remind the elders of Alden Union to become strong delegators of tasks. There are a lot of programmatic ministries on your plates, and we need to be those who enable others to use their gifts as well so that you can spend more time in the ministry of prayer and the word in the lives of your sheep. In order to do this, in order to maintain the vine, are we willing then to restructure our trellis? Are we willing to allow those changes to happen in how we do things here so that the ministry of the word and prayer can be upheld in the lives of everyone here in our care? In order to promote the spiritual growth of the body, the unity, the one anothering. The apostles here took the structure of the church and they completely changed it. Did you know that at one point in time, the church didn't have deacons? (gasps) And, And it was just the apostles and the disciples. And what do the apostles do? They they see a real issue arising and they say, we've got to do something about this. We're going to completely change the structure of the church. Instead of apostles, disciples, we're going to have apostles, deacons, disciples. Completely change everything. Well, we never did it that way before. Like the apostles before us, we need to understand that our programs and our polity is only as good as it supports the spiritual growth and the mission of the body of Christ as given to us by Jesus himself. And please note that they didn't, they didn't just change things without good reason, did they? They didn't just haphazardly change things. Oh, let's see if this works. No. There was sufficient cause Note that they didn't make the changes without forethought. They, they chose new leadership with carefully thought-out qualifications. They said in verse 3, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, and who we will appoint to this duty. They involved the congregation. They said, hey, guys, get involved in this. It was clear that something needed to be done. And they didn't just change for for change's sake. They, They changed for good reason, but they were ready to change. Where they found the current system no longer serving the body, they made changes that preserved the vine. And And they had to make hard choices here, didn't they? Well, there was somebody obviously in charge of the food distribution ministry, wasn't there? Somebody had to be replaced. Hard conversations had to be held. They weren't going to let them stand in the way of the health of the body, though. Just because, well, that's my brother's cousin's uncle's nephew. I can't let 
them go. It didn't matter who they were, if they were treating the body with inequity. Here we sit, over a hundred years old by the grace of God, with a trellis in practically every corner. Do, do our structures, our documents and programs continue to promote the spiritual unity, the spiritual and physical growth of all in union in a way that honors the word of God? I'm not saying they don't. I just want us to be a thoughtful people as we see things in the word of God. Do, do they cause, do all of our st- structures here, do our trellises cause the gospel mission of the body of Christ to flourish here in this place? Do they help us to fill the gap? Men, take advantage of next Sunday's football. Bring in people. They will hear the gospel. It's outreach. There should be nothing in this church, though, that is unchangeable except for the word of God. God does not change. His word does not change. The ministry of the word and prayer to the people that we would become more effective for the kingdom of God. That is what we need to be looking at. Because the world looks in on us, doesn't it? Verse 7, it says, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And I think there's a reason he points out that a great many of the priests, not just people in the town, but priests who are dedicated to the word of God, dedicated to that temple service, dedicated to the traditions, they, they, they looked in and they saw how they dealt with this situation, and they said, they got something there. They've got something there. Visitors come in and they look around and they, they want to see how we deal with one another, how we show and share the love of Christ with one another. You see, how we deal with the issues that come up within the body brings a, a tangible reality to the gospel message that we preach. It puts our priorities on display for the world to see. It makes our faith pragmatic. It makes our faith real. When the world looks in, what do we want them to see? We want them to see a church that cares for the body, keeping the ministry of the word and prayer to the people our first priority, and holds no tradition or program or trellis above these things. And if we want to apply it on a, on a personal level, let's, let's take it to a personal level. Is there any trellis in my life that is taking priority over God, over the ministry of prayer and the word in my life, in your life? Do I see an issue where the way I spend my time, the way I spend my money and my efforts is not allowing for the ministry of the word and prayer to take root and flourish in who I am? 
to bear fruit in my life? Is there, is there something that I need to change? Is there a trellis I need to change in my own heart so that I can better obey that command of God to fill the gap, to share the gospel message with the people I know, the people that are in my life who may or may not be in yours? Let's share. Let's be willing to change so long as it upholds the ministry of the prayer and the word of God, causing the vine to flourish. Let's pray. Father God, we lift up to you your word and we thank you for it when it addresses us in difficult ways or or in hard things. Lord, I pray that you help us to be a people who will step up. Lord God, as issues arise, Lord, help us to care for the body. As the leaders, Lord, I lay all of the elders, all of the deacons here at your feet, that we are yours. We are your tools to be used for your greatest glory. And we pray, Lord, that we are ready to hear, ready to listen, ready to obey your word, that we would become a stronger church, a church that would not only increase in number, but continue to increase in number. Lord, that as others look in, they would see a people who love you, who adore you, who worship you, who want the fruit of your spirit in our lives. Lord, help us to live it out, we pray. And we pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.